Doc Rivers continues to time and time again not get it when it comes to getting... Oh! Let him play! You bet one one bone to win 19. I'm sorry. Where, what site do you use where you can actually bet one buck? <laughs> they let you do 50 cent bets. Oh my goodness, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally, like he dropped Superman down like the drain, comes out. Like, God damn it, Superman. <laughs> I don't know, honey. I don't know where he got that from. From Los Angeles, this is Dave in the City, part of the Dit Cow Sports Network. Now, here's Dave Medina. Hold on, 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 hold on. Give me just a second here. And good evening, sports fans. Hello. And a pleasure to have you here for the big football show here from the David City Studios, the home of champion Southern California, with one champion still in the mix here in the NFL playoffs, and that would be the Los Angeles Rams. And, um... They and a bunch of other teams are going to duke it out here in the divisional round. John is going to join me to break it all down. So will Andy. And uh, <clears throat> should be a lot of fun. And we'll also be recapping last week's action in the wildcard round. And and we'll tell you about what's been happening over there. So this should be a fun show, a shorter show tonight, obviously, just because there's fewer games to cover. But I'm looking forward to it. This should be good. John's with us. Andy should join us any second now. So let's do it, folks. One of the highlights of the football season and one of the highlights of the playoffs in the football season, the divisional round, probably it winds up being one of it winds up being a really great part of the of the playoffs. So um, we're ready to make make things happen here as we break it all down on Ditkow. Let's hit it. All right, it's time for our divisional round preview. And let me just give you a quick preview quick little synopsis of what we'll be covering tonight well that shit show in big d with between the niners and the cowboys we're going to talk about that bills and chiefs and blowout have blowout wins there's blowout wins were the were a real theme of uh wild card weekend packers and titans gear up for their first start as they get home field advantage in their respective playoffs and uh we've got and we'll we'll give it to you all here the wild card recap the divisional predictions and our analysis i am it'll be very interesting and i i think We'll have some fun with that tonight, and let's go. Let's go. Let's let's bring bring in our friend John. John, it's so good to have you back. How you doing tonight? Good to see you again. What's going on, Dave? Yeah, glad to be back. Um, it was a very interesting weekend of of football. So, uh, some of the games not quite as competitive as we ever liked, but hey, you know what? The NFL gave gave us extra playoff games now with this new format, so we can't complain about it. And um, it really sets up probably the best weekend of the year in terms of football. So definitely mm-hmm. excited to watch those games and, and break them all down here tonight. So uh, good to be back. Yeah, thanks, John. I, it's good to be back with you as well. Um, I, I think Andy will be with us. I just I think he's probably just marching in here a little bit late, but that's fine. Um, we'll quickly recap then what happened in the wild card round, which is a lot of yeah, like you said, a lot of a lot of decisive decisive games, which is. To me, disappointing. I thought that some of these games would be closer, particularly our, you know, my Steelers. But uh, maybe they are what they are. You know what? Honestly, it's not a huge surprise that they lost like that. Like they were, they just weren't that good. And uh, same scenario for uh, the Eagles, which uh, that's kind of like like an I, I called it scenario, but 
It was the only one. I was wrong about a lot of stuff last weekend. I'll tell you what. I, can, I, I mean, I did like the Niners. I thought they'd be a really live dog. They won. Um, a lot going on there. But, John, I'll, I'll give it back to you. Let's get your thoughts about last week's action. I mean, certainly there was juice, but just not as much as you'd hope. But anyway, let's let's see what you think, what you thought of last week's action. Yeah, so uh, personally, I think I, I went four and two on picks. Um, the, the ones that I got wrong were the uh, first game, the Raiders didn't end up covering. But really, I mean, that was a really close game. That could have gone either way. Um, obviously, the huge missed call with they blow the whistle in the middle of the play. And, you know, I guess you could say, oh, well, I mean, the the ball was almost to the receiver when they blew the whistle. But still, like, that's the letter of the law that if the ref blows his whistle mid-play, it's like dead. So that and even the NBC ref came on and said that should not have been a touchdown. Um, so even with that, I mean, the Raiders, they outgamed Cincinnati. I, I feel like the, the Raiders definitely should have covered that. I mean, each team could not convert on any of their or many of their chances inside the red zone. There was what, like seven field goals between the two teams or eight field goals. It was crazy. In addition to the Raiders, I made a bet on the under first half, 24 and a half. Mm -hmm. And of course there was 30 points in the first half and then like six points in the second (laughs) half. I wish I had had gone the opposite, you know, the opposite uh, bets there, which was kind of crazy, but um yeah, the Raiders, they certainly had their chances. Uh, the the turnover early on in the game was was key. I mean, that gave the Bengals a short field, which they were able to get some points out of. Um, but other than that, I mean, they hung in there pretty well. They, they stuffed Cincinnati in the second half for the most part, and they had a chance there at the end of the game to, to, to tie it or possibly even win if they had scored a touchdown and gone for two. I thought a huge mistake was when they got to the first and goal on what was like 30 seconds left. It was first and goal at the nine yard line. And, you know, you just can't spike the ball in that spot because you're wasting it down. Like you had plenty of time in that scenario. And then of course, Carr was pretty inaccurate after that and uh, throws an interception to Waller to end the game. Um, and, you know, the Bengals, they, they survived. So good for them. It was their first playoff one in forever. And, and now they move on to Tennessee. Uh, to to face uh, the Titans, so we'll, we'll see about that game. But so that was a good st- a good start, I guess, in terms of the uh, competitive nature um, to the playoffs. And then after that, it kind of got a little dicey for a little bit. I mean, man, the, what could what more can you say about the Bills? Seven possession is like the perfect game of football. Seven possessions, seven touchdowns, and then they kneeled on their last possession. So I mean, that one really doesn't count, but. Um, I saw it was like the first time ever a team hasn't didn't punt, didn't kick a field goal, didn't turn the ball over. They just had all touchdowns and then the kneel down. So uh, just a, a tremendous performance by Josh Allen and their offense. Patriots, as we've seen them numerous times this year, they're not the kind of team that can get behind and come back with their offense the way they play. And it just didn't work out for them in this game. Uh, Micah Hyde, the Bills safety, had that unbelievable interception in the first quarter which stopped a, a Patriots drive, which was kind of promising. And then just it just kind of snowballed from there. And the Patriots, they kind of um, limped into the playoffs towards the end of the season. They had that great winning streak, but it was they were kind of playing some bad quarterbacks, kind of made their defense maybe look a little bit better than it was. But still, no one expected the Bills to play that well. I thought they would cover the spread, but that was just a dominant performance. So that was the first of the um, – the games that were kind of non-competitive of the weekend. And then uh, the Bucks and Eagles, 
again, just not even a competitive matchup. I and mean, we all called that. I think Dave, we talked about that last week. Uh, the Bucks were just going to steamroll, and then oh, it yeah. played out as expected. I mean, Jalen Hurts just could not com- complete anything. Um, not to mention they couldn't run the ball, so it, it was just a bad matchup. And you know what? I, I I'm fine with them adding the extra playoff team, the wild card to make it, you know, the super wild card weekend or whatever the hell they want to call it. But like maybe give the two seed a buy as well and then add two extra teams, you know, like yeah. give us three playing the eight seed or whatever on, on the first week. Because that, you know, we're just going to get these really uncompetitive games. Sim- same thing with the Steelers and the vet and the, uh, the chiefs, like um, give the, give the top two seeds the buy again, and then add another wild card team. I, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Um, but in any event, uh, the Bucks and the Eagles was not competitive. Steelers, uh, Chiefs, not competitive. Other than that, early on in the game, though, the, the Chiefs were just sleepwalking. And then yeah. the Steelers get that fumble, and you think, oh, man, maybe their defense can really do it for them. And that just kind of really woke the Chiefs up, and they just destroyed them from there on. Yeah, I would have been pretty mad if I had bet the Steelers team total, like under 17 or what it was. They just got a couple garbage touchdowns in the, in the second half. Um, and then the two games – and then the, the Monday night game. I mean, what else can you say about the Cardinals? Dave, we called that one too. We did. Complete, we did. We were in fraud the Cardinals are. <laughs> <Such big day. laughs> I mean, geez, they, they got to can his ass. They know what's good for them. Like every single year, it's the same thing. Like they start off 72 or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Someone showed a, a, a chart on, I saw on Twitter. It's like, it was the same thing at Texas tech every year. He was like one in four or two and four down the stretch with, them too so it's just a constant pattern with him they need to get rid of them but i don't think they will and it's gonna be the same thing for them next year so the rams move on uh pretty easy win for them um and then of course the coup de grave weekend cowboys and 49ers i mean what else can you say <laughs> um it, it like so i forget who it was but someone made a good point like the cowboys had all these penalties it's like they must practice that way and they just might not know that they're committing these penalties because they just don't notice it in practice. Because how could you have 15 penalties? And most of them were like, uh, you know, false starts and guys not lining up right. It's just, you know, as, as a Packers fan, it's like, here's my shocked face at a Mike McCarthy team not showing up ready to play and prepared because that was just so predictable. <laughs> um, and the Niners had a great game plan. They just mm-hmm. ran it down their throats the whole game. Um, right from the start, I mean, you know, Bink, bink, bink with Mitchell right down the field on the opening drive. And, uh, you know, Jimmy uh, put the Cowboys back in the game. That's for sure. He missed Ayuk on that. He did. Third and 15 play that was wide open. Yeah. And then that pick six, essentially, or was it set up a, an easy touchdown that got him back in it. And even after all that, I mean, Dallas still had a chance. And then they called the draw play with 10 seconds left. Like, what are you doing? Like, you have a better chance of throwing two Hail Marys from the 40-yard line than even risking that play. They didn't even get one ball to the end zone. That is just, I, I could not believe what That's I was horrific. seeing. That's horrific. You couldn't they, blame, they, yeah, like you can't blame the, the umpire for that. It's like, you just. No, right. Do they think the umpire not, again, it's coaching. Like they have to know that the ref has to touch the ball to spot it. They yep. just can't put it down themselves and and run the play. I mean, just on every level, the Cowboys just horribly coached and mismanaged and you know, I, I, why are they running Zeke up the middle? He was clearly hurt. He couldn't do do anything. Like Tony Pollard was the more explosive running back. It it was just a disaster in, in every facet for for Dallas. And yeah. you know, can't say we're surprised. I think most people had the had the 49ers in that game. So yep. overall, it was a it was a good um, 
I guess an appetizer, you would say, for this weekend of football. And like I said, if I were the, the god of or czar of football, I would give the two seed the buy again, and then I would add the extra, another wild card team, um, you know, just to, to make it even like that. Because these two seven games so far have been very uncompetitive in these first couple of years. Yeah, great point. I I, I mean, that's a, I think they're gonna, but it's just like I just think it's stupid that you would keep this two seed out of the uh, you know out of the buy anyway. So I I'm a, I'm just about it for just that standpoint. But your point about the um uh, about the uh, the two seed about the two seven game being so bad is really quite quite valid. So let's introduce Andy and Seattle to the program. Andy, welcome back. How's it going tonight? Good. Um. Sorry, I'm. Are you on a call? I'm listening. I'm actually listening to my homeowner association meeting. Oh, really? Let me turn it down. <laughs> no problem. I mean, I mean, we can, we can, we can doodle around if if you're still in there. They're talking. I mean, not to. Just dealing, listening to a bunch of plodwicks complaining about <laughs> laundry room noise and debt projects and that is stuff that I actually need to be paying attention to, but. Because uh, I need to represent a few people that use the laundry machine. But anyway, now nah, I'm I'm done. I'm, okay, okay, very well. <laughs> Welcome in. Um, we need to fight for the little man, Dave. I mean, yeah. They can't hear me. I'm on mute. <laughs> no, good thing, good thing for sure. They would be, but um, but thank you for joining us tonight. I mean, it's, we missed you last week, and uh, it's nice to have you back. So um, we'll take this moment to. See what you thought of all those games. I mean, like we said, we had a lot of a lot of blowouts, but then there's some nonsense in the uh, Dallas game. So let's get your thoughts. Yeah, I I'll have to listen to the beginning part of the show um, just to hear what you and John said. So I'll try not to be redundant um, and uh, try not to repeat whatever you guys might have said. But you know, I uh, the hot take obviously is like. What a disaster with the expansion, but it's just one year. And with sports, you know, I love Captain, if Captain's listening, but Captain tweets, no juice in the NFL. Like, you're not promised juice in sports. Like, there's sometimes you're just going to have blowout. Like, when the Seahawks beat the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl, like, yeah, most of the country hated it, but if you're it, if you're a Seahawks fan, you absolutely love it. Like, uh, when the Ravens embarrassed the Giants, like in 2000, like Giant fans probably hate that rule, but the Ravens loved it. If you bet the Ravens, you loved it. Like we forget, like you're not promised like tense uh, adrenaline, close games every time you watch a sporting event. You know that's it's it's sports. Like you're gonna get blowouts. You're gonna get lopsided victories. And in the NFL's situation, you have uh, an instance where the two seed uh, that traditionally gets a bye is going against a team that traditionally wasn't making the playoffs. And uh, Kansas City handed it to the Steelers. Like we knew, we Dave, you watched the Steelers all year round. There's like, no doubt. They, I'm sorry, There's no doubt. It was not not surprising around. at the least. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in the instance of the NFC, like we knew the Eagles weren't going to really represent themselves as a quote unquote playoff team, but that's just the way the crookie crumbled this year. Like the Chargers had no one, the Chargers obviously 
they fit the profile of a live dog, right? But that's just their MO. Um, don't lose to Houston. Don't lose to New England. Yep. Don't do the don't lose to the Raiders on the last regular season game of the year. And then you can be the live dog. Don't call a timeout. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I uh and and I'm guessing you and John and if Ron were here would echo the thought like more football is a good thing. Like I I'm kind of back and forth with the extra regular season game. I think my mental body clock is a little out of rhythm with the playoffs starting when they start, like, you know, with the regular season extending basically, uh, you know, to January 10th or whatever is definitely weird, but wildcard weekend, like, give me, give me all the games, um, you know, to cherry pick the criticism. I, I might've liked three and three on, you know, set three games, Saturday, three games, Sunday, the Monday game was, now, I might have a different tune if it wasn't such a lopsided game, but Dave and John, I'm I'm on board for the extra wild card team and only awarding one team the buy. I'm I'm sure they could probably tinker it a little bit, but uh, you know the NFL wants as much money as they can get, and with gambling being uh, basically stigma free at this point, like more more is good and uh, in terms of the game yeah and to my point is like even during the divisional round during the traditional situation where the top two teams had buys like you still have like like seven to nine point margins on your point spread like usually like the one and two seeds they're, they're 13 and three they're 14 and two like so I mean, you're still trying to thin out the herd till you get to conference championship weekend. And it just so happened that last week you, you didn't have a ton of like dramatic juice besides Dallas and San Francisco. You know, the, the, the Patriots were exposed. They ran into a, like a buzzsaw, a team like the Bills. They, they wanted to basically exercise themselves of, years of getting beaten by the Patriots and they took out, they took it to them hard. And, uh, you know, the, the Bengals and the Raiders had a pretty close game, but the Raiders were very limited on what they could do. And, uh, they don't have a large margin for error. You know, they kind of have to stick to their game plan. They're not a team that can really, I don't think can come back from deep deficits and uh, if things go off kilter, they're going to struggle to get back to where they need to be. And then obviously, yeah, John mentioned it, like the Cardinals were an absolute dumpster fire on Monday night. And just the, the Kingsbury, I mean, we really need to adhere to the policy, like fade the shit out of him that last month of the year. Like it looked like they, they quit on him. Like the Seattle game was – telltaling and obviously the Monday night game was a disaster. And then, um, you know, T Tampa Philly, you find out that Hertz was hurt, you know, fiddle yacht style. Imagine Hertz hurt. Uh, Tommy's texting me like every series, like get Minshew in the game. And he, he had a point like Minshew probably gave that team a better chance to win. The fact that they weren't even 
forcing the ball to Devontae Smith till the very end. And that was just, um, you know, the Eagles had chances to kind of keep that game a lot closer than what it could have been. You know, the Adelor, whatever his name is, uh, the guy that muffed the, the punt, the interception before halftime, all these little things just snowballed and, you know, basically made that game meaningless in the second half. But we'll be looking forward to this weekend bigly. Indeed. And I'm ready to I'm ready to break this down. So here's what's coming up in the divisional round. Four games spread out over two two days. And they are here. And John, you called it with the Bengals. They, you said if they won, they're going to be back at 4:30 on Saturday. Well, there they are against the Titans, which is admittedly a very good matchup. I think that'll be it. Could be a one possession game in the in the fourth quarter. Then your Packers, John, against the 49ers. The Niners have a pretty good recent history against Green Bay. That'll be at 8:15 on Fox. The other game was at 4:30 p.m. on CBS Eastern Time. Uh, so 4:30 Eastern Saturday. For the Bengals game on CBS, 8.15 Eastern, Fox, Saturday for 49ers versus Packers. On Sunday, you're looking at the L.A. Rams at the Tampa Bay Bucks, starting at 3 o'clock Eastern time on Fox. And then over on CBS... Wait, do I have that right? Isn't one of those on NBC? I'm just going to should double check that. I thought that one of them was... I think the box is NBC, Dave. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Okay, yeah. So that... Yeah, I think that's an NBC game. So I, I, Fox is not correct there on the screen. Um, so yeah, that's an NBC game. Fox got hosed so much on <laughs> the schedule, but I think my I think I've been told. Well, let me finish this out. So Bills and Chiefs, six thirty Eastern time on CBS. That'd be that's gonna be a great game. It'd be a lot of points in that one. But um, I think what happened with Fox, the reason why they're only getting one game each week. I think that's the outcome of them getting Thursday night football for the entire season. I mean, that's just a guess, but I'm guessing if that's the if there's a reason for it, I think that's the reason because they had prime time Thursday every week the entire season. I wonder if that has something to do with it because it's weird otherwise. I'm like, what? Fox barely gets any coverage at all. It's weird. But uh, yeah, John, let's go back to you and get your thoughts on this week's action. I I, I, I think it's. Four games that could all be one possession games, right? Like I, I really think these, these, they could any of these games could go either way. Well, I mean, first before we get to the games, to your point, on the fourth quarter of the Bucks Eagles game, you had Aikman complaining or throwing shade that he wasn't calling the Cowboys and Niners day, games. You guys catch that? I did not catch like, that. Wow! Yeah, he said something like, "Oh, that's going to be a great game." I, I anyone would love to call that game or something to that effect, like. <laughs> He was yeah, he was not happy having to be in Tampa. Wow. But, um, yeah. I don't. I I think I thought I read something or saw something that CBS bought that time slot or something, the four thirty time slot. I have no idea because I vaguely remember mm-hmm. last year the same time slot. It was Saints and Bears, and it was at on CBS at, oh, at, at wow. the Sunday four thirty. So who knows? But in any event, um, Buck and Aikman only get their one game a week for the playoffs, and we get you know the the second team for CBS, but. Yeah. Um, which is okay. Ian Eagle's fine. I mean, Charles Davis doesn't really annoy you too bad. So they're, they're okay. I, I don't mind them. Uh, but, but they'll, they'll be at the first game on Saturday with the Bengals and the Titans. Um, so this line actually opened minus two and a half for Tennessee. And I jumped on that right away. Oh, really? Um, I, I think, yeah. Oh. I was pretty surprised to see that. I thought it was at least going to be like Titans minus four. 
Um, so when I saw two and a half, I was like, all right, I'm getting in on this. I usually do not bet early, but I, I was like, all right, I, I'm getting down on the Titans. I just think this is a, a tough matchup for the Bengals. Um, the Titans defense has been pretty underrated all year long. I mean, they were a dumpster fire last year and really early on, early on in the season, but uh, they've, they've come on strong lately, especially at home. They're, they're a very underrated home team, especially under uh, Rabel, I guess more so as an underdog, but just in general, he's been pretty solid at home. Um, the Bengals defensive line is pretty beat up. I think with Derrick Henry, it looks like he's going to return. He should have a, a pretty big game. And, you know, you know, if he's uh, being effective on the ground, then it's going to open up those play action passes that Tannehill likes to do those like bootleg kind of plays that he's very effective at uh, to Julio Jones and AJ Brown. When they have their entire offense intact, they're a pretty formidable team. Uh, a lot of their struggles this year was, was when those guys were missing. So now with the whole team healthy and ready to go coming off the bye week, I, I just think this is a tough situation for the Bengals. I mean, it, they've had a great season and sort of certainly a tremendous future for Burrow and, and all that, that team. But I just think it's a tough spot. And I, I like Tennessee to win. And like I said, the two and a half, I definitely will. I was on, I was on that. So uh, it's past that now. I think it's about three and a half now or four. Um, probably not doubling down on that. I'll stick with my two and a half. And I do like the under in this game. I think, as you've seen, uh, Cincinnati, they kind of have some offensive line issues. And I think the Titans can get after that. Um, and they have some red zone issues. As we saw against the Raiders, they tend to kick field goals in the red zone. Um, and Tennessee is going to try to – they play at a slower pace, and they're not really that explosive of an offense. They're, they're pretty efficient. So I like the under in this game as well. So I'll, I'll probably add that to my card. So that would be my pick for the first matchup. And then obviously, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pick against the Packers. So uh, we're going to go with them in the second game. Um, I saw it's minus six. You know, it's just, a, again, like the Niners, I think this is their fourth road game in five weeks. They had to win on the road to, to get into the playoffs at the Rams. They had to win another road game last week in Dallas. And now here they are going to, to Green Bay uh, on Saturday night. Um, Jimmy is not going to be 100%. He's a sprained shoulder now in addition to his thumb injury. I just think it spells trouble for them. I mean, I know the Packers' run defense is not great. In the first matchup between these two teams in September, in September, they held them pretty well in check. They had like 75 yards of rushing or something like that. Um, granted, Mitchell did not play in that game, and he's a huge part of their running attack. But um, I, I think the Packers can keep them in check. And then the Niners' secondary is not that great. So I, I don't see any issues with the Packers scoring a number of points at home like they usually do. They have started slow, though. So if you're looking for maybe a, a sneaky bet, maybe bet the Niners in the first quarter or maybe bet under in the first quarter because the, for whatever reason, uh, Green Bay seems to start slow in some of these games. Um, but they're getting really healthy, too. All these guys that have been missing most of the year will be back for this game. Jair Alexander, uh, Zadarius Smith, uh, Whitney Merciless, uh, David Bakhtiari. I mean, all these guys that have not been part of the lineup for the majority of the season will be back for this game. And um, I, I just think you, you got to trust Rodgers and LaFleur to win this game by a touchdown, it, it, you know, at least a touchdown. That's what you're giving up here with the spread. In the first matchup, the Packers really dominated them for the most part, if you remember. And then some just bullshit refereeing, just like these crazy pass interference and like roughing the, the passer penalties, kept the Niners in it on a few of these drives. And then they eventually did take the lead. 
Um, but Rodgers led them down the field for the game-winning kick, and that was just kind of a, a good start to the season. Um, one thing I do concern myself with for Green Bay in the playoffs is their special teams, which has been horrific all season long. I cannot say I trust Mason Crosby if they came down to that, like winning a, you know, a game-winning kick from 48 yards or 45 yards. I would not be comfortable with him walking on the field for that for that scenario. So let's hope that, um, you know, it's like 30 to 17 in the fourth quarter. We don't have to deal with that. But, you know, got to go with Green Bay in this game. And then on Sunday, so these two games are just going to be phenomenal. Not that the first two are not, but it, that's kind of like the undercard to, to Sunday. Um, Rams and Bucks. This is tough because you don't want to bet against Brady in the playoffs. But, I mean, their offensive line issues are really tough right now. And they're going up against quite possibly the best pass rush in the NFL. You know, with Donald and Ramsey and Von Miller, it's just wave after wave of, of guys going at Brady. And, I mean, the Eagles sacked him pretty well the other day. And, you know, not to mention, you know, they're going to be down – Godwin and Antonio Brown's not playing. So the, the Bucs are working with a makeshift cast here. But not to say Brady can't do it. I mean, he's proven a number of times that he, that he can get it done. Um, it, it's just going to be tough for them to uh, move the ball and score points, uh, you know, drive by drive with those injuries that they have. Um, I think what they could do is probably move to a, more of a quick tempo game. It seems like their offense operates more effectively when they're kind of like in the two-minute drill. I don't know if Arians would do that the entire game. Uh, and certainly that would negate some of the um, the guys getting after the quarterback. Um, but I, I think that it's a, it's a tough matchup in that regard. And then on the other side of the ball, really, I mean, this is a referendum game on Matt Stafford um, because they're not going to be able to, like, like we say every week, you can't run the ball in the box. So they're probably not even going to try. So it's going to be Stafford. He's either going to win or lose the game thrown to Cup and Beckham and Jefferson and all, and all those guys that they have. Because that's the way that you have to go after the Bucks secondary. And will he be able to do it? Um, you know what? I, I, I'm going to probably go with the Rams in this game. Just be, not that I trust Stafford that much. I just think their defense is going to be the difference and the way they can get after Brady. And we've seen a number of times that that's kind of the way that you need to uh, beat Brady is to get him frustrated and sack him. And then that kind of leads to uh, him making, you know, doing overthrows and turnovers. So mm -hmm. I know it's kind of crazy to pick against Brady at home in the playoffs, but it's kind of just like, you know, the Bucks are minus two and a half. They're just kind of begging you here. Oh, go with Tom at home, just lay in the three. Um, I'll go with the Rams. So g give me the Rams uh, plus the points and probably the money line too. And in the, in this round, whoever you're going to, whoever you think is going to win the game, just bet with the spread. That's, yeah. that's what you got to do. Yep. Um, that's kind of the, the, the play for, for the playoffs, bowl games, most, most games really. Um, and then the last game, man, this is a doozy. So I think we could probably agree that this is like the de facto AFC championship game. No disrespect to the Bengals or Titans. And I know the Titans are great at home and they beat both of these teams at yeah, home yeah, that's true. Uh, to get the one seed. But, um, you got to figure that the winner of this game is going to be favored in Tennessee. If Tennessee does indeed take care of business against Cincinnati, I mean, the Bills could not have played any better last week, and that's what concerns me. And can they really beat the Chiefs two times in a row in Kansas City? That's tough. I'm still waffling on this game. If, if I had to pick right now, I would go with the Chiefs. But the line is in such a dead zone. It's one and a half. 
So, I mean, you just can kind of wait and see what happens. I, I would think that the line might move a little bit back towards the Chiefs. I mean, both of these teams should be able to score a bunch of points. I know the Bills' defense is pretty highly ranked in a lot of the metrics, but um, they've had some they've had some tough games where they're just really inconsistent. Same with their offense too. And, and the Chiefs' defense has played really has played much better as the season has gone along. Um, yeah, gun to my head right now, Dave. I'll go with the Chiefs just because I think it's like a you know we talk about you know buying low, selling high. Like I think it's a little bit of an overreaction about how Buffalo played last week, and I just think it's tough to beat the same team, you know, in Kansas city again for a second time. Um, so I'll go with Mahomes and the chiefs, but that by far my least confident pick of the week is that game. And that really yeah. could go either way. And I do agree with your sentiment about, uh, should be a lot of points in this game. I mean, it's, it's such a square bet, but as long as there's no, you know, like 50 mile an hour wins or, or something like that, um, should be, should be a decent amount of points with the over. So I guess to, so I mean, we're going to recap uh, our picks. I'll, I'll say, um, uh, Tennessee and under Green Bay. I don't really have a feeling on the total in that game. I feel that's that's pretty spot on. Um, Rams and under. I would say for that game, I think both defenses will, will do okay, um, at least under the forty-eight. And then uh, Chiefs and over. Those would be my my picks for for this weekend. Yeah, that's a big over fifty-four. But here's the thing: I think in particularly if one of the teams starts to run away with it. That over is happening, you know, because it happened with the Steeler game like that. When the Chiefs get going, forget any kind of under, like a live under. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like they just get in a groove and that that's just the end of it. I also want to say I think that this game is the perfect live betting game oh, if yeah. you have that option because whoever is down 10 points or down seven or whatever, you just you bet the other side. And then if it ends up being like a three-point game like everyone expects, then you're, you, could, you could actually get value on both. You know, you could have bets on both sides at yeah. like plus – or something and you'll be all set so i think this could be a great live betting game so here's a good question to follow up on that if it's a if it's like a if somebody scored like if they score two touchdowns early it doesn't matter what the teams are do you do you go bold and take the under the live under in that scenario i think that's bold i don't know if i would do that that that's that depends if it gets up to like 75 or something like yeah maybe Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I, I'd more so in that scenario. I'd more so play the team. It'd probably, you'd probably be getting seven and a half at that point. Right, that's right. Good, Especially that's if someone value. was up fourteen nothing. Oh, I would absolutely play that. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good call. Okay. Well, thanks for your for thoughts on that, uh, John. Let's go to Andy and let's get his thoughts as well. So we have the odds up there. I'll give you my predictions too. But first, let's go to Andy and let's get your thoughts on this week's action. Yeah, Dave. I don't have any. Um... I don't have an official pick on really any of these because it's, it's still early. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, let's go one by one. Uh, All right. You know, I, you know, t- t- I'm not going to make the same mistake last week where I, I never really do this where I change my picks last minute. Like I, last week I was like, I'm taking the Bengals, I'm taking the Pats, I'm taking the Cardinals, I'm taking the Niners. I'm taking the Eagles, and then I ended up switching to the Raiders, and that didn't that wasn't good. Uh, so even if I stuck to my original list, it wouldn't have been a good weekend anyway. Oh, and I was like, I'm taking the Chiefs, and I end up changing it to the Steelers. But what saved me last week is I took a ton of first half bets for heavy, heavy action because I 
was just chasing my losses, didn't want to pay the bookie. So I was going very heavily, heavy, heavy, heavy action on Tampa Bay first half, heavy, heavy, heavy action on San Francisco first half, heavy, heavy action on Kansas City first half. Um, and that paid, it, it worked out. I don't want to get in that habit this week. I want to lock in my bets on, you know, by Friday night. I want to know who I'm taking. But having said that, I know John made a great case for Tennessee. Um, but I am, I'm, I'm a borough groupie. I'm a chase groupie. I don't, I know Zach Taylor could be the death of, <laughs> death of the groupie ride because he, he makes some, questionable decisions he almost kind of went into a turtle turtle you know turtle goes into its shell which almost cost him against las vegas on saturday night you know you just have to just let it all hang out in the postseason and uh you know how john mentioned the titan defense is improving i think Vrabel does laps around taylor from an x's and O's standpoint that's what you worry about if you're going to be riding the bengal train is a like they've never won a road game in their postseason history. I heard that on the Mad Dog show yesterday. Wow, that's good information. Yeah, can yeah. you believe that? They haven't won a road game. And then B, yeah, like Vrabel is a very good coach. They're probably um, he's probably playing like the disrespect angle because of you know the Bengals are a sexy, trendy team because they got the flashy quarterback because they got that great receiver. And they're, uh, yeah, they're definitely like a now team. Like John mentioned, like he was, you know, he jumped on the Titans minus two and a half because he thought it'd be higher. Like I thought it'd be higher too. Um, but um, so Vrabel's probably, you know, using that as motivation. Uh, I just, as a subjective Mongo, like I don't think Derrick Henry, you know, there's got to be a little rust on him and there's going to be, I, I, I've just never been a Tannehill guy. And so I can just, I'm going to take the bangles and I'm just going to sink or swim with sink or swim with them, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it could, it could, it could definitely get away with, it could get out of hand for the bangles. Like we've seen them lay some eggs. Like they have a history of bungling it. That's kind of why I changed my pick on Saturday to the Vegas Raiders. But uh, this this weekend, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to take the Bengals as an underdog um, on Saturday afternoon. Now, game number two, I got to change Pac-12 girls, UCLA, US. Dave, why aren't you at this game? <laughs> I'm here. That's I don't why. think you can go. <laughs> I don't think they're letting people in. in. That's the thing. Yeah, sucks. Family and friends only to watch the women. Yeah, uh, L.A. rivalry. But I've yeah, I've watched the end of the USC Colorado. Hope you guys took USC minus two, but uh, (laughs) sweated that one out. Um, So yeah, uh, the John's team versus the Niners. I I agree with everything he said. You know, Rogers. You know, he always kind of gets amped up to play San Francisco. He still has hurt feelings that they passed up on him. So does Brady. Um, It's going to be like one degree at game time. I don't think Jimmy G, although I was his biggest fan on Sunday when they beat the Dallas Cowboys, the MO on Jimmy G is like, 
he's got to make like at least one or two, like what the F are you doing kind of throws. And he did that against the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. Luckily they were able to deal with it and it wasn't, it didn't completely bite them in the ass, but it almost did. And I don't think Jimmy G is going to handle the cold very well. I think uh, Dallas was, Dallas was just a complete clown show. I think San Francisco's their, their weaknesses is Shanahan's inability to close a game. I think he's a good coach, but he just struggles to close out games. And their pass defense is atrocious. I'm still going back to that December 20th, either the 23rd or the 24th, where uh, the Titans converted basically every third and long known to man. And if Tennessee can do it. I don't know why that, like for whatever reason, Dallas was their own worst enemy on Sunday, but Aaron Rodgers, he'll be able to convert third and long. If he has to, I don't think green Bay will be facing a lot of third and long. Cause I think their offense will be able to move the ball, you know, on schedule. So there won't be a ton of third and longs. I, and I'm not trying to like, like mush John's team. I'm going to be betting on green Bay. I just, I think San Francisco could be in for a could be a long night. You know, if uh, it might be close for the first quarter, might be close at halftime. But I think as the game progresses, as, as it gets later in the night, it it sets up nice for Green Bay to to have their way, and uh, we get to see Aaron Rodgers having fun in the cold, and the pressure will be on Green Bay if and when they get to be. NFC title game as uh, as that's well documented. So give me uh, Green Bay for the second game on Saturday. And then um, as we move to Sunday, yeah, like I don't know what to do with Tampa and L.A. at the moment. I think for as, uh, as bad as Stafford could be in a big spot, as tight as Sean McVay can be, there's still nothing – uh, you can't say anything bad about their defensive line. And, you know, you match that up with all the injuries that Tampa has on their offensive line. That's a bad recipe. And historically, you know, that the teams that have always had their way with Brady, it's, it is the Rams. It's the, the saints right now. It's, it was the Ravens for a while because they were very physical. It was the Jets for a while with the Rex Ryan teams. It was it was the Giants because they all know to, to to put emphasis on the pass rush, rush up the middle, get Brady, go after his legs. Brady doesn't like to he – do, he can't move, number one, and he just – his clock gets rattled when – the pressure is there and it's easier said than done, obviously, but when defenses are successful at applying great pass rush, he's, he is a shell of what he can be. Now, obviously on the flip side, when you give Tom time, he can slice you up and dice you up, you know, like the best he's been doing it for many years. So I think you're going to have a really entertaining game obviously with the with the bucks you know they can be sloppy you know arians their defense can make those fatal mistakes you know the holding call on third and 20 
stuff like that. I expect Stafford to take deep chances with Cup. Odell Beckham, he might be able to ride that momentum that he got from the game on Monday night. Now it, now he's the all-consummate team player now from one game. But, you know, Odell, he's save Odell. But, uh, but I think it's going to be a really entertaining game, you know, Tom's going to lose a playoff game with Tampa at some point. He's, I'm not stupid. Uh, <laughs> it's just, Dave, it's such a – I don't know how to really make a decision right now on this game. You know, if you if there was a gun pointed at my head, I would probably <laughs> take the Rams with the points mm-hmm. because they're the underdog. And they have – on paper, they have the defensive line that could rattle Brady. Um, the non-X's and O's stuff, it's, you know – Brady's pedigree versus like Stafford's uncertainty. And that makes you wonder too. And then the Sunday night game, we watched the first game, me, you and Floyd at the bar and uh, with the weather delay and everything, you know, part of me is like Kansas city in the repeat rematch. I'm going to side with the team that lost the, First matchup, obviously, now you could funhouse me because I didn't do that with Georgia-Alabama. But in this instance, you know, the the Chiefs have just been, you know, well-documented this year to, when they were turning the ball over left and right and they, they just didn't seem like they were enjoying themselves and, you know, what's wrong with the Chiefs. And all of a sudden, you know, they turned on the switch and they started covering every game and uh, they started looking like they're having fun. And, you know, I know the running game is all uncertain with Clyde Edwards Hilaire banged up and probably doubtful. Uh, but their, their wide receivers are, you know, arguably one of the best in the league. Kelsey, he's annoying as any, he, uh, Kelsey's tough to take to watch, but he's, you know, he's an all-world talent at tight end. And, you know, I think Buffalo's going to have their hands filled. Now, the, the one thing I'll say is, you know, Kansas City came out very slow against the Steelers in that first quarter. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, compounded by that silly uh, wildcat play, <laughs> you know, they can't do that. And I don't expect them to come out flat against the Bills. You know, they had their flat – appearance last week i think they'll be more focused against the bills this weekend and uh they'll be ready to go and no you know no wildcat plays please andy just you've got (laughs) pat mahomes and you've got you know let let mahomes do what mahomes does and from the buffalo point of view you know they i still don't really know how to gauge buffalo i mean they they let Atlanta hang around three weeks ago. They let the Jets kind of hang around uh, the you know week eighteen of the NFL season, and then obviously against the Patriots, you know Josh Allen was running with his legs, and they had Singletary having the good probably the best game of the year, and everyone was getting involved. And you know, give me the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. The line is I think it's still under a field goal. Oh, it is. It is. Uh, here it is, right here. It's uh, one and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just, 
I think of, at some point Josh Allen's going to get to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. But, you know, again, if the gun's, gun's pointed in my head right now, I'm taking the home team, uh, all that arrowhead noise. I think that's going to be a, quite the factor. You know, Buffalo, they got to play in front of their fans last week. Now they're going to go into a hostile environment, and uh, you know, it's not Mac Jones, it's not nameless <laughs> and faceless receivers. It's it's the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. It's Tyreek Hill. It's Pringle. You know, it's Kelsey. And I know the Chiefs' defense has a lot to be desired, but I think Buffalo is going to have to score. I don't. They have to go in that game thing. They're going to have to score 31 to 35 points to have a chance. So give me the give me the Chiefs, Dave. All right. Last All right. you know, last last team with the ball wins yeah. kind of game. So have, let's let's go through this again. So I'm looking at if you talk about against the spread, you you like Green Bay, so you're laying the points there. You will get with Kansas City. Um, I thought you were on the Rams side. Just just going by what you said. Gun to my head right now. I could see doing something stupid and like mm-hmm. having some sort of money line parlay with yeah. the Rams. Uh, a money line parlay with the Bucks and Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And maybe some like college basketball nonsense. And then like <laughs> doing a tease. Yeah. Doing a tease with the Rams. Uh, getting, you know, nine or whatever. Teasing Green Bay down to even. Mm-hmm. It's time to get creative. And maybe, you know, John got me on these team totals that I always seem to forget. Like, do a team total on the Packers, or whatever that might be. I don't know, I'm guessing like 24 and a half or something like that. Are you saying over know. in that? Yeah, I, it's pretty yeah, good. I yeah, offense. yeah <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, not bad. Well, thanks for your for your predictions, too. So now let me give you mine. And uh, you might... Y'all might find this interesting. Uh, so let me show you what I got, what, I, what I'm what i looking at for these games. So I'm going to leave it on the odds. For the Cincinnati-Tennessee game, I like the Bengals. I got to tell you, I just think they probably – they're hungrier. They want it more. I don't think either team's defense is that great. I mean, if you think the Tennessee defense is great, that's fine. But I saw them get torched by fucking Houston, so I can't really make that argument myself. But – um. I, the coaching advantage is clear, though. I mean, I definitely Vrabel will will will, will be all over a Zach uh, Zach Taylor as far as a coaching matchup. So I agree there. But but yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Cincinnati a chance at that one. It'll be an interesting game. Um, the the Packer game, I will absolutely take the 49ers to cover. I definitely think they're a live dog just from the standpoint of the of the plays they run with Debo Samuel. Like that is gonna be. That's going to be a very interesting challenge for the Green Bay defense. You know, John mentioned the point that the run defense is bad and Samuel had ran all over the Cowboys. And uh, so that, I I'm, I think that's going to be a real challenge for for that side. And then, you know, similarly, the Packers, the Niners are going to have a challenge trying to defend downfield with their corners. Like, that's going to be a challenge too. So really could go – I wouldn't be surprised at either team running away with it. But I will take this the Niners in a surprise pick from, from yours truly. For the Rams game, I like the Rams. They've they, they've beaten the the Bucks like the last few times I saw them play them. They beat them the, earlier this year. It wasn't L.A., but I think they match up well with Tampa Bay. I think it's gonna be a, that's gonna be in the, their game to lose. So I'll go with the Rams. 
outright, not even against the spread. I'm just saying like they'll win. And then for the the Chiefs game, I, I the Chiefs should win, but I honestly I'm gonna pick Buffalo just because like I I just don't want the Chiefs to win. I've kind of had enough of them, but they're really good. So, but I'm gonna pick the I'm just gonna pick Buffalo just to be different. Maybe it's one of those too good to be true scenarios. Like, oh, Chiefs only giving one and a half. That's too good to be true. Well, maybe, maybe it is. We'll see. Um, so, any other thoughts uh, that you all have as far as those matchups before we we take we take off tonight? I don't think there's anything else to cover really. Like, that's those are all the games. So, uh, what do you all think of everything? Like, uh, any rebuttals as far as my picks? Like, do you think I'm off base or, or I made some clown picks or whatever? What do you think? No, Dave, I think you're on to something. I was just, when you're talking about Debo Samuel, it got me thinking. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan is going to be studying the Lions-Packers game where literally every single trick play in the book was, went for a touchdown mm-hmm. that the Lions threw at them. And I'm sure he's trying to cook up something with Samuel. And, um, you know, they probably have some some players that could, like a wide receiver that could throw a pass. So, um Debo Samuel, he went to South Carolina, I believe, right? I, he, was he a quarterback there? I, I might be thinking of somebody else, but um, yeah, he's he's a tremendously talented player. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't be completely shocked if the Niners covered. Like I could, like I said, it could be similar to the Browns game mm-hmm. um, that the Packers played, where they get out to a, a lead and then just kind of um, not say sit on it, but they don't, they're not as effective with the lead, and then maybe the the Niners get like a backdoor cover. But I honestly. I mean, personally, I, like, I'd be very devastated if the Packers lost this game at home. Like, their problems seem to have come in the NFC Championship game, and hopefully, you know, cross that bridge when it, when it comes to it. But, I mean, I think they should win, but we'll, we'll see what happens. It, 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 the spread, I think, it could go either way. Um, I'm just going to lay the points as a, as a homer. But um, some of the, you know, talking about, like, options with bets, because there's not as many games – so I told you, I think I told you, Dave and, and Andy, about like these same game parlays that I've been doing. And oh my God, like if there was an award for hitting like four out of five on, on, the, on the props, <laughs> like I'd win every single time. So on Sunday, both games, I only needed, I had four out of five in each game. So the first game, the Bucks game, um, I had, I boxed minus 10 for the alternate spread over 41 and a half, which came in. Uh, anytime touchdown from Gronk, anytime touchdown from Mike Evans. So the last thing I needed was Jalen Hurts, 40 rushing yards. So guess how much he finished with? 38. What? I'm just scream, screaming at the TV on the last possession, like, run, run, run. Like when he's in the pocket, he just needed two yards. And I'm sure there was a couple plays throughout the game where, like, he, he went to run and, like, got a three-yard loss or something. So that made me so annoyed. Oh, I can and then, of course, in the next game – um, I had the Niners with spread. I had under. I had Debo Samuel anytime touchdown. Um, Elijah Mitchell over 80 yards. And all I needed from that one was Kittle 50 yards or more receiving. And he just put up nothing. Really? So two games in a row on wow. Sunday that I had like four out of five props right. It would have been probably a total. It would have been a nice pale. Let's just say that for Ooh. for if each of those came in. But that just goes to show it's like a, it's a great sweat to have those going on because you're you're rooting for your spread bet. But you're also kind of rooting for like certain players. So it's like it's like mini fantasy football almost, which is <laughs> you know on like a one game basis. So it's really they're actually a lot of fun. So I've been enjoying those. Mm-hmm. That's really cool, though. I mean, like, I think it's a good mark that you're getting that close, though. I mean, you know, getting five legs of parlay in general is really hard to do. 
Oh yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'd rather be that close than like have zero or five and have no chance. Like yeah. I literally was two yards away with Jalen Hurts from getting that. It was just, that was just so tilting, but yeah, it is what it is. It's, yeah. That's gambling. No, it really is. I'll tell you what, um, Remember I mentioned that the alternate spread of the of the the Rams game last week, so I went with it. Oh, that was a winner! Plus two fifteen, boom. I'm not minus. I think it said, did I did a say nine and a half. Yeah, I did. They went by how many? They went by way more than that. It was you uh, done minus twenty, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. That would have been a winner too. It was just never a game. It was never a game. It's just funny how we all were on top of that one. So. um yeah, okay. I guess that's it. I mean, Andy, any other gambling notes that you have before we go? We wrap yeah, it up? I mean, I wish. I, I, my theory of like uh, take gobbling as a dog, I, I, I did, and I, I obviously regret it. I mean, that team was just not ready to play. Like, like I won't be surprised if like you hear like Kingsbury like slept with the player's wife or something like like they like that team looked like they. <laughs> They wanted nothing to do with each other. Right. And we, that's a playoff game. Like, I know, like, the Patriots got their asses kicked, but I mean, looks like they, they wanted to be there a little bit more than the Cardinals. Like, Cardinals just just looked like they wanted nothing to do with postseason. And, oh well. But uh, to the point about, like, props and i i'm like i'm kind of jekyll and hyde with them because like it it just kind of stresses me out when you take like wide receiver a to get over seven and a half receptions and obviously you know like on one drive they're gonna you know quarterback gonna feed them and you're like ooh, we're like halfway there and then then the next series like they're just running they're running, 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 and like they, you get like multiple drives where the the guy's not getting any looks, and you're like, oh, no. clock is ticking. Like, I mean, but that's why it's gambling. I mean, mm-hmm. last year in the Alabama, I think Alabama Ohio State national championship game, like Devonte Smith was over under like for the game with like a hundred yards, he got it like it ha- he got it like before halftime. So that was easy. Um, but then I also remember, I don't have the exact, I lost to Melvin Gordon, like total rushing and receiving yards by a half a yard once. Like Ooh. that, those stick to the ribs, but like, it's like, how do they know? How do they know? That's, and, like, yeah, you're right. And then you hear like John's situation where Jalen Hurts was, you know, three yards short. Or then the other instance of like a quarterback has the yards, but then he takes knees at the end of the game. Like that's what a half a yard loss every every knee you take, or like a <laughs> yard and a half. Like so, it's crazy. It's fun when it works out. It's really fun. It's when you get your yardage like acknowledged, like at halftime, and you're like, I win my bet, but sometimes like you really have to sweat it out and it's really stressful. That's kind of why I don't really like taking over unders Mm. Um, because any game you're on pace and then something weird happened. Like I love watching the Scott Van Pelt bad beats on Monday nights Mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. seeing like, Oh, I had this game. (laughs) (laughs) 
watching the bad beat that you don't have and just seeing how it happens, especially with college. College basketball has just been, you know, I'm sure you'll have a college basketball podcast at some point. Yeah, and yeah. Talk about that, but it's just, you got 20-year-old kids, they get nervous, they miss free throws. They, it's just, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. But uh, this weekend, we got two games Saturday, two games Sunday. Enjoy them. Uh, and then we'll just, yeah, we'll see what happens. Get get your bets in. I think there'll be some good college basketball on Saturday morning for us, Dave. You know, Auburn, Kentucky will be a good game. Like, I'm, I, I, I bet on 10 games tonight. Uh, it's just... You know, we we shut the door on college football. I I I don't know about you guys. I just haven't been able to pay one iota of attention to the NBA this year. I'm just watching a lot of college. It, it seems really like, surprises uh, me, Gandy, because it's like I feel like the odds of winning NBA versus college are about the same to me. Because like I, I just <laughs> I think with the NBA, like I did bet on the NBA on Monday because mm-hmm. there was there was day there was games to bet on during yep. the workday, but. It, John can chime in too. I, with college basketball, I just think there's, and I could be dead wrong. It might just be a perception. It's just, there's just, uh, you know, just more basic leans and fundamentals to, to subscribe to. Like, oh, I see. Trends and things. Yeah. Taking the, taking the team, the unranked team at home, giving points to the ranked team, mm-hmm. uh, then betting against it, betting against that same team, like, the next day on the left. And like, for example, Florida state just beat Duke yes. uh, on yes. Tuesday night. And mm-hmm. we all like, I text John, like we had, we had Florida state. They almost gave it away. And then today they played North Florida giving 23. Like, <laughs> it was like a one o'clock game in Tallahassee. And it's like, you got to take North Florida getting 23. And they, they lost by 12. But- it was like North Florida where Florida state, Florida state just beat Duke. Now they play this, Random team, they're probably not going to be motivated. Let's take the, the let's take call. the random North Florida team. Yeah. And you know, I just I like betting. Not to sound contrarian, like I like betting on Mountain West. I like mm-hmm. betting, you know, America East. I like betting, like betting Pac-12. I just like betting on these conference. You know, with like just like with college football. Yep. And I just like betting on these teams with the NBA. It's like. They're much better players, mm-hmm. but it just because they're so good, there's just a lot more swings with like these these NBA teams could like they might not give a flying F, but they're still gonna shoot lights out from three yeah. like to to kill your to, to kill your bet. With college, <laughs> it just seems like right. it's just a little more. Uh, less variance i guess less volatility i I mean i i see it i see for the most part like just betting them without in a vacuum nba is really hard what i've been doing this year is i've been playing short rest and i've been fading teams in short rest and it hasn't been terrible but it hasn't been a great it hasn't been amazing either but that's kind of been my thing but with college you're right there's a lot more things you can lean on like for example pace of play I, i look at that all the time and uh, I've been doing very well in John's pool so far, like the, the college basketball pool, because I'm like, okay, well, I know that 
for a good example, like you just mentioned a good one, Auburn versus Kentucky. Well, Kentucky's on a much faster pace than they normally are, so this is th- that game probably is going to be a high-scoring game. But if you were to see Virginia Tech play Virginia, you know, they might not even make it to 110. Like, it's a very, very different scenario. So th- this is these little things like this you learn basically based on just what you know of a program. So I think you have a point in that. There's more to lean on as far as trends and styles and things like that. Uh, so wait, did, just to refresh on North Carolina, did they lose outright to North Florida or Florida State? No, North Florida. Florida State won by like either twelve or thirteen. Oh, okay, okay. They were they were giving like twenty three. But they were yeah. That you just never want to lay that many points with a team with that kind of a matchup. Like that's just like I just would much rather. Why were they even playing that game? It must have been like a COVID postponed game. Yeah. I'm guessing because why are yeah. they playing North Florida in the middle of ACC play at noon on a Thursday afternoon? Yeah. Yeah. I did see that game and I was like, oh man, I should bet that. But you know, I get cut off with other stuff during the day. I, I did not did not get that wager in. But I completely agree on the overall premise. That yeah. Even if you don't really know anything about some of the teams in the lower conferences, if you just look at some of the trends, like um for example, um, you know, you, you get a team that won big as a as a underdog on the road, and then the next game, maybe the spread is a little less depressed because of that game you fade the crap out of them because you know there's going to be all sorts of like basically you just fade the opposite of what just happened um a good example of this was like boston college won at clemson over the weekend on saturday as like 12 point favorites so now they go play at louisville who had lost just like five games in a row uh last night and the the spread was louisville minus eight you're thinking oh like man louisville shouldn't be favored by eight to anybody well Maybe they're favored by eight for a reason, and maybe the line would have been 13 if Boston College had lost that game at Clemson. So just kind of stuff like that, like little trends you just kind of pick up on. Um, the unranked home team against the ranked favorite, I mean, that's an automatic play for me every single time, and it's got to be at least 60% that, that they win. The ones that lose are annoying, but over time, I, I like I'm, I should start tracking it. It's, it's got to be 60% with that trend. Um just, just just stuff like that. And I don't know if you guys have the Action Network app, but you can, like, look at the bet percentages. So you can kind of see, like, okay. Oh, yes. Like, this spread opened up at, for example, like, I bet a, the most random game ever tonight, but just on the line movement. So it was – you guys are going to laugh at this. It was Grand Canyon playing at Stephen F. Austin. I saw that line, too. <laughs> it exactly. So it opened last night, minus two and a half. Yeah. So I looked this morning, and it's Stephen F. Austin minus one, but 80% of the bets were on Grand Canyon. So what is that telling you? Like, this is going to be, like, all the sharp money is on Grand Canyon to win this game. Somebody knew something, so we were going to go with the people that know something. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, he took Grand Canyon, and they just won by 20 points. So that was a winning bet. So just just stuff like that. If you do a little research and Mm -hmm. just kind of just look at the the matchups, you can – do pretty well. I mean, it was really tough. Like I want to say, um, not to say gambling isn't tough, but like a month ago, even more so with like all the COVID, you didn't know who was playing, and it was just it was a, honestly just a complete mess. But now it seems like knock on wood that there's not as many postponements now, and, and teams are starting to make up the schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's been you know much better the last week or two. And I, I really I'm with Andy. I'd much rather play. Um, college games in the NBA. It, it's just so unpredictable in the regular season. Um, and on and another completely random team that I, I've picked up on, 
IUPUI, they do not score more than 50 points a game. If you bet their team total under every game, I think you've only lost once all year. They just can't score. And, like, they played Ohio State the other night, and I said to myself, how the hell are they going to score 50 points at Ohio State? Their team total was 47. I think they scored 35. Really? It oh, was, wow. It was an easy yeah. easy win. So just stuff like that, if you yeah. just kind of follow some trends and just, yeah, it, it's definitely a much more enjoyable experience than um, trying to figure out the NBA, that's for sure. And, you know, I think I'll say this too, like, and something that has, I have actually had the benefit of profiting on, uh, double digit dogs in league play is a real thing. Like, especially in power five, like I was looking at that over the weekend. I'm like, I, I definitely had some act, some, some success with that. And, um, did you guys see the Baylor game on Saturday where, who was it? Like somebody beat them at Baylor and Baylor lost like they Oklahoma state, right? I yeah. I think it was lost. Oklahoma state. Yeah. Lost outright. It was kind of convincing. Like it was like, it, they was got a little closer to the they end. Yeah, they got beat bad. But again, for example, with trend, like so Oklahoma State, that was essentially their because they they can't play in the tournament this year. So that was essentially their Super Bowl playing Baylor. Right. So they put everything into that game. Yeah. Um, so now while they played TCU the other night, it's like, oh, okay, we're gonna take TCU to be feisty here because Oklahoma State is gonna have um a big letdown game. And uh, TCU completely blew the game. They gave up like a seven and run in the last minute. Thank God I didn't go to overtime or else they would have been cooked. Uh, the spread anyway they still lost by one but just like a, a trend like that you just you have to blindly bet it every single time that's a great idea yeah because whenever a team gets a big win it's almost an instant lock like it's almost a lock that they're not going to put their same amount like you said i mean not necessarily especially if they're favored in the next game it's like you definitely want to be on the underdog there yeah there's no doubt yeah that's a great call um so yeah thanks for your advice on all that i mean this is i'm taking all this into account because for the pool that we're in, John, like I use all that information. It all helps. Like it's all big. So yeah. Uh, yeah I, I mean, I've been, we've all been betting for like, you know, 15 years, 20 years at this point. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> like I've been burnt so many times. It's called basketball. Like before the theory, like, like 18 year old Andy would have loved Iowa last night against Rutgers. Like Iowa, they, they, they should score 85 points in their sleep. Rutgers, I know Rutgers had that big win earlier in the year, but like Iowa should be able to beat Rutgers by three. I was like, no, I'm t- I am going to like take Rutgers and it, and it paid off. Like the refs screwed over Iowa the last play of the game, mm-hmm. but you know, they Iowa wasn't able to play at their pace. Like the final score was like you know 51. 49 or something like that which is usually like iowa usually scores in the 80s but yeah i was like i'm gonna take Rutgers getting the three here it just happens the other theory i like to do is like shaka smart as a underdog bet bet against shaka smart when he's a favorite they they beat tommy's team last night outright surprisingly and they were 14 point underdogs that was a I mean, terrible loss for Villanova. But mm. the other team I like this year is Providence. I know Providence events; they're not going to win the they're not going to win the national championship. Oh, how'd that go today? Did they play? Ed Cooley. They didn't cover. They only uh. won by eight. I didn't bet it, but mm-hmm. you know, I saw Rothstein's tweet: Ed Cooley, the American Dream. They're fifteen and two. <laughs> uh, unfor- <laughs> UConn 
Uh, UConn Providence was supposed to be last week. It got canceled because of COVID. I was looking forward to that game because Cooley versus uh, Dan Hurley, that would be a fun matchup. You know, you mentioned Villanova. You know what happened the game before for Villanova. Correct me if I'm wrong, John or Andy, but they absolutely pasted Butler. They won by 40 points. So I could not. I, maybe there was a letdown from that. I just I saw that game on FS1. I was like, damn. You can't imagine like if they won by so many points, it's like you can't even imagine that they would play that well in the next game. So, uh, and they lost. Like they lost the game. Wow. Wow. But it happens. That's what that's that's sports. So, <laughs> John, did you John? You got any money on this Utah State Boise State game? No, I only put in a few bets. I I I did my IUPUI under bets. So that was a winner. I had SMU was a winner, and then I took that Stephen F. Austin bet was a winner. Penny Hardaway, like I saw. It. I don't know if you guys follow. Um, it's crazy who you end up like just coming into not communication with we're finding like information about on the internet so this guy his name is greg peterson so he he works for if you are you guys familiar with the vista network it's like brett musburger started it it's like it's the perfect background thing to have on like all oh, they Vincent. do all yeah, yeah, yeah 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 sorry listen they talk about sports betting like all day long mm-hmm. it's like it's unbelievable um so this guy has a show it's it's way too late for me but i started following him on twitter He's like a college basketball savant. This guy picks every side and every total on every single game every day. He says his method, like he can't, if he gets selective, like he ends up losing because if you pick 10 games, like, okay, you could lose, you could go two and eight. But if he picks a hundred, he feels like he could, he, he's, he's knowledgeable enough to go like 60 and 30 or, or no, that's a little extreme, but like Ooh. 70, uh, you know, 55 and 45 would be, mm-hmm. would be profitable. So that's what he does. But in any event, he was like, people were tweeting at him like, "Do you think Penny Hardaway's like, what's what's he ranked in terms of your coaches?" And this guy has Penny Hardaway ranked 358 out of 358 coaches. So um, just in, you know, that's an aside. But so I, I had uh, SMU was one of my picks for tonight. So I had three winners so far. So I don't know if I'm going to bet any late games yet. I'm kind of thinking of uh, Arizona. They they look like they should just roll Stanford. But I just hate laying that kind of. It's a lot of points. points. Yeah, that's the only thing. I just. Laying that many points on the road in conference is just—it's just kind of dicey. So we'll see. When we uh, uh, depart here, I'll see what's kind of left on the board. But I, I'm up a few units already. I might just head into tomorrow. It's actually, a decent Friday slate for for college hoops tomorrow. So we'll—I love the sneaky Friday slates. It's usually like Atlantic Ten games, nope, Mountain nope. West games, yep. it's some Big Ten games. Now it's yeah. I remember like you know not even 10 years ago, it would just be like the Ivies and then a few like random like Mac games would be like five games on on Friday night. But now that, you know, since they want to put like, you know, expand programming and whatnot, you get a, a nice variety on, on Friday nights, which is, which is good. So definitely uh, enjoy the Friday slates. Let me ask you guys one more before we go. UCLA and Utah are coming up. They're going to be at the pit. So they're at, U- they're at Utah and Utah's getting nine and a half at home. Do you take Utah to cover that? Ooh, that's tough. Mm. Utah's lost six in a row. Oh, really? Oh, really? In, I locked into Utah. I I never really liked McCrone at Cincinnati, and this could bite me in the ass, but it's uh, – I don't know. I feel like as UCLA, they got hot at the right time last year, mm-hmm. and I think their lines are still like 
based on like that Alabama win. <laughs> I was gonna say like, it's based on the tournament I run. I, I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Doesn't UCLA have a couple players injured too or questionable? Yeah. I thought I, I read that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I would. I'm probably not gonna bet it, but I would. I would lean Utah with points in that one. I'm gonna keep well, it. Speaking eyeball. of Pac-12 yeah. teams, like how bad is uh, Arizona State and like poor Bobby Hurley? He he ain't gonna be there much longer. They're just a disaster. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're usually they're usually pretty feisty at home, but they've just been bad. Yeah, what a, a bad, terrible year for for Bobby. I love. I like. I mean, yeah. I'm guessing like his anger and temper like isn't you know can be detrimental sometimes from a from a team standpoint. But yeah. you know, I like I like the Hurley brothers. I I don't know. Lt always talks about him because. You know, New Jersey connection and the dad. I think he hates the Hurleys, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I I think the Hurleys are good for basketball. Ban me. What? Oh, yeah. He's, uh, Danny's brought – I mean, UConn is like a top 25 team again. So, I mean, they were a disaster the last few years under Ollie. And certainly the conference change going back to the Big East has helped. I will say that. I mean, even though it's not your traditional, like, you know, UConn, Syracuse, Pitt, Villanova uh, – Villanova's still there, but – um, some of these schools that, like, I grew up watching UConn play, they're, they're not playing them anymore. But it's much better playing these teams than, um, you know, Tulsa and SMU and, you know, Houston on a night-to-night basis. South for basketball, <laughs> Yeah, exactly, South Florida. I mean, for basketball, anyway, the football, whatever. I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't mind playing those those teams in football. But for basketball, it's much better for them to be back uh, at playing the Big East schools. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a really fun. Uh, this has been a fun discussion. Well, Dave, one last question for okay. you. Yeah, what's up? Is Lincoln? Is Lincoln Riley? Does he like the uh, who? What's the guy's name? Dak. Who's the USC quarterback? Dax. What's his name? Dak. Oh, uh, Dart. Dart. Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart. Is, yeah, yeah. Is Riley gonna go with Jackson? I know it's like nine months away or whatever. Boy, what but. a good question. I. I mean, that's a great question. Because it's either going to be that, or they're probably going to go to the transfer portal for some one of his dudes. I want to see why he wouldn't. Isn't he like the quarterback whisperer? I think he. he could... uh, well, I mean, the dark guy was like the parade all like parade number one yeah. quarterback. Yeah. In high school. Yeah, I think they'll Where's stay. Where's Caleb with Williams transferring? Is he going to go go to USC? There's a lot of could, discussion. Right? Yeah, a lot of discussion about that. I think that's the he might even be favored to go there at this point. A lot of discussion about Williams. Very interesting topic there. We'll follow that in the off season. We get to our preview. Wouldn't that be interesting to break down? That's like going to be one of the bullet points. Like, where did Caleb Williams go? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, gonna be, it's actually a good topic. And yeah, where did all these guys go? Like, the the Washington State quarterback went to Arizona. Like, crazy. Yeah, I love the, 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 I the love kid the from portal. UCF transferred like two times. Uh, Dylan Gabriel. He went to UCLA and like a week later, he's like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to Oklahoma. Like it was, it's the whole thing is just crazy. That was pretty fucked up though. Like to do it last minute like that. That was very bad. Yeah. Bo Nix at Oregon is going to be weird. Oh my God. He ended up going to Oregon. I didn't see that. Oh, that's not (laughs) poor Oregon. That's not, that's not, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't think they're going to enjoy that too much. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what to make of the, the Georgia defensive coordinator going there, but you know what? It could be like a, because we're, we don't, you know, you don't know much about like these coordinators, so that could end up being a really good hire. He could end up being much better than Cristobal, so that that could work out well for them. It's just kind of an unknown at the moment. Yeah, let me ask you. Well, since we're still on football, when we went back to football, uh, 
It's a pretty good thing that Georgia won because I just don't see that was probably going to be their only shot. I, I cannot see them doing that again. I think Bama is going to be so much better next year. I think Clemson is going to be better. USC is going to be better. Ohio State really should be in the mix. Like they should be top four easily next year. And I kind of feel the same about Michigan. I feel like Michigan had their moment. I don't think they're going to come close next year. What do you Harbaugh think? Harbaugh might be gone, too. There's, yeah. there's talks about him going to the Raiders. I don't know about that. We'll you mean say. like this year? Like this offseason? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Could have. Yeah. Wow. Wouldn't surprise me, but man. Wow. <laughs> Just like after all the talk about them, like, ah, they're going to let him go. Oh, they're going to fire him. And then he's the one that leaves. That just would be funny. Like, that would just be funny to me. So, okay. Well, look, we'll, we'll find out. So, fellas, have a great rest of your week. Enjoy, enjoy all these games. It's going to be really fun. So, good luck in everything. All right. Good sounds luck. good. We'll see Thanks. you next week for championship weekend, Dave. Yeah, I'm 100%. Good. Let's do it. I'll see you then. Take care, everybody. All right. All right. See ya. See ya. See you guys. Nice show. Good luck. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. You bet. All right. Oh, wrong button. Here I am. So the, that was that was really that was a fun spot. So thanks, Andy. Thanks, John. And thanks to all of you who tuned in tonight. And uh, those of you who are listening on the podcast, we appreciate you. And if you want a video replay of this program, just go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash ditcal. And we'll tell and you can see us as well as hear us. It's a lot of fun. So, uh, and you can participate in the live chat if you are a subscriber to the channel. So, youtube.com slash dipcal, click on that subscribe button, and then you can comment with us during the show. So, we hope you've enjoyed it tonight. This definitely was fun. And um, good luck to all of you. We hope we gave you some good advice, and uh, we want you to win all your picks. So, until, until our next show, we say goodnight, and we'll see you next time.